0: Hey
1: everybody, okay. we're back. It's just another Why Guys Podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. And I am in a fucking pissed-off mood because I made the mistake of reading the news today. And I felt that uh there's there are very few people that understand the certain levels of pistivity that I can reach. And uh can also join in and conversate about those things. And uh one of them would be Nikki, but she's still at work because I'm podcasting this in the afternoon. But the uh the the person that I knew I could count on to join in the conversation is the one and only Rod Stark. Rodney. Hello
0: everybody.
1: Welcome back to the show, my friend
0: not the most wanted guest but the most easily available.
1: That's right. That's <laughs> right. That. That's that's what I like to tell Nikki Nikki uh, gave me some shit. She was like, "Well, I'm glad I could be your backup." I'm like, "Well, I mean, you are in the house, so it is easy to just be like, "Hey, um, you want to do a podcast?" But, you know, what can I say? I, yeah, you, what you, you know what you important. need to, you know what you need to you know what I consider is I know that I can count on you.
0: There you go. So reliable. it's you're
1: a reliable person that I can pick up and text like two hours ago and be like, Hey, are you free to podcast when I get home from work? And since, like me, you're a whore for hearing yourself, you uh No doubt. You you definitely said yes to that. And so here we are. A hard and fast yes. That's right. Well welcome back to the show, everybody. It is a rainy, muggy, dog shit weather day down here in Houston, I just uh, did a nice little nine and a half hour shift at work. And now, because I'm dedicated and I love doing this podcast, I'm here to record for you guys and share some of my wit and wisdom. And I'm so happy that you decided to take some time to listen. A couple of things I want to talk about before we get going here. Uh, the podcast is now available on Stitcher, so you can go and uh, that is a free uh, service that you can use a lot like itunes you can go and download the podcast there download the app and uh my little bits of uh podness will be right there for you to have anytime that you want so check that out if you do use stitcher please uh rate us write us a review apparently that sort of thing is important so if you can do that i'd greatly appreciate it if not i totally understand God, are you still there, or am I putting you to sleep already?
0: I, I am still here.
1: All right. What exciting news, though, that the podcast is on Stitcher.
0: That That is some glorious news that the audio gold will be available on <laughs> Stitcher.
1: And I will also have another guest uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Donnie Hernison makes a return to the podcast. He was live in Pendleton, Oregon, as our high school alma mater, the Sandy M Wolverines, Went and won the state, the Oregon State High School Basketball 2A Championship. And uh, it was the first return to uh, even in the playoffs uh, since the last time uh, I was in high school. 1997 was the last time the Sandy M. Wolverines were even in the state basketball tournament. We came up a little bit short, but uh, the guys uh, at Sandy M. High School were able to overcome. A fourth quarter deficit and win by three points to bring home a state championship. So that was pretty awesome. So Donnie was there live in Pendleton at the end of the show. We'll check in with him, get his thoughts on the live reaction from uh, himself and a few other special guests that uh, were a part of uh, my life growing up. We'll see if they had any bits of wisdom that they can share with us. But we'll talk about that with Donnie coming up here in a little bit. Mr. Stark, there was a uh, WWE pay-per-view last night that I heard was complete and utter dog shit.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't call it quite that, but uh, it was definitely not on par with the uh, previous endeavors.
1: Such a disappointment.
0: Yeah, with the way they had it set up, it was going to be uh, about that level of show. You pretty much knew going in what they were planning on doing. Um, and they, they under delivered still somehow.
1: It's it's always nice when they can under deliver. It's like you, you, they don't really have. I mean, you want to be getting people excited for this thing. I mean, here we are, the last pay per view before WrestleMania, and you leave people underwhelmed. I mean, in an, in an era where you got to get people to subscribe to the network, I mean and I don't have a problem at all with uh with Bill Goldberg winning the championship. It's it's a nice little story to tell. But I don't know. Re- reading the results and listening to Meltzer and Alvarez recap the show, I just I j ju- I just didn't under I, I understand where they're going, but I think that there were some maybe some more exciting ways to get there.
0: Yeah, like, definitely with the way they, they did the match, like, they're obviously trying to keep Goldberg in as short as matches as possible, not to show only his age, but it's always limited to set. But I think they should different ways how they handled it. And um, to have him, you know, lose even faster than uh, Brock, you know, it's kind of crazy.
1: Well, sir, I will say this. You are reliable. Your cell phone connection right now, not super reliable. Uh-oh. We'll, we'll fight our way through this. Um, <laughs> Samoa Joe made his pay-per-view debut in uh, basically a, a glorified squash match of uh, Sami Zayn, another guy that should be getting better than he's getting, but is basically I, I don't understand how they squander so much talent. It just makes no sense to me. Nope. I think we lost him that time. Oh, nope. There he is.
0: Oh, no. Bad reception, man.
1: No. Under, Sami Zayn underutilized, correct?
0: I, realize, um, like I understand that if you're going to do what they've done with him on some of the matches, but to do it over and over again, they're just killing us They're burying us.
1: And then Cesaro has like an even Steven beatdown match with Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Why? Why do you? Why do you suppose Vince seemingly hates Cesaro? Is it just that he has an accent?
0: I I, I was just about to say that. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he has an accent.
1: Does Vince not realize that one of the biggest superstars on the fucking planet right now has one of the most ridiculous Irish ac- accents of all time, and draws more money and more eyeballs than Vince's pretty much does all year long?
0: Well, that's the thing where he had of he would bury them. So, to, for, with the comparison, Connor would have never got that big. Vince sort have mishandle
1: them. Yeah, it's so fucking infuriating. Anyway, so yeah, that sucked. We're gonna get Raw coming up. Hopefully, Raw's better, and uh, we'll head down on the road to WrestleMania. What are we at? Like thirty-five days to WrestleMania? No,
0: we're under. We've got to be under thirty-seven. The second, so
1: oh yeah, look at that. Time flies. Let's move, we're moving in on something. My my problem is I've already moved on in my head to to WrestleMania 2018, where I'm gonna where we're all gonna be there live and and having an amazing time. That uh, I'm having trouble getting excited for this WrestleMania. Yeah, they're looking at
0: this like the ultimate
1: thrill ride or something. The, the ultimate thrill ride, huh?
0: That's what they were saying last
1: night. That's what they used on to call day. me in high school.
0: <laughs>
1: nah, just kidding. Nice.
0: You <sighs> high school. Um I was having a conversation about uh internet pornography. Oh. With Alex. Was this to to was this
1: him. was this by chance prompted by the uh conversation that Whitney Cummings and Joe Joe Rogan had on his podcast?
0: It wasn't, but that's that's a funny Uh, Plenty time, but I was telling her how when I was in high school, there wasn't really online porn at all. Like none of this stuff existed. Like if you were lucky, you might get
1: um, a image
0: from Playboy. Right, and it would take you know five ten minutes to download a picture on. It would
1: download a a line at a time, like (laughs) one pixel set at a time.
0: I can I I can seriously visualize um, when Kimberly from w, WCW yep. um, did Playboy, waiting as line by line, and walking the door like running back
1: and forth to make sure my parents didn't come and. and do you're, that like, you're, you're like you're <laughs> like the nipple, the nipple's almost there. I'm gonna see the nipple. I'm gonna say, I have to get up oh. start over. Buddy, your phone uh-huh. is your phone connection is dog shit.
0: Brutal. Brutal. No good. No bueno, man. Sorry, brother.
1: That's all right. What are we gonna do? We'll figure it out. All right. Um, so let, let's transition out of wrestling. And uh, okay, so you were talking about the, the internet porn, and how was there was there more to that, or did you have any other? What came of that uh, conversation? Anything interesting?
0: No, she, she was just amazed that there was a time before the the fact that we we didn't have we had to work for our uh, pornography.
1: Hell yeah, we had to work for our pornography. One of the I uh, remember
0: being excited.
1: One of my favorite for, uh, things is I worked at uh, after high school. I worked at a uh, convenience store. I worked overnights, and uh, we still had the nudie mags, right? The nudie mags were uh, behind the register, underneath the like. Uh, like on this bottom shelf, you couldn't even see them from the store. Like you had to know they were there and come back behind and look, which is always fun. That's one good way to to only t- to know who the hardcore needers of uh, porn mags are are the guys that are willing to step around the corner of the counter to duck down and look down into the nudie mags. <laughs> that's that's when you know. That's when you know you're wanting to get after it. But the the gimmick is the the companies that you buy the magazines from after a certain point in time if you don't sell them you can send them back and get your money back but you don't send the whole magazine back you just rip the cover off and you send the covers back well then the manager would have a box of and not just nudie mags but like all the magazines and there would just be a box of coverless magazines that you could come come in and rifle through before they throw them away. Man, I had some of the rankest nudie mags you have ever seen, but they're free. I was like, "Well, I mean, I can't turn down free porn." I mean, where else am I going to where else am I going to get so lucky as to just have all this free porn at my disposal?
0: Beck another those
1: not turn down any opportunity. No, no, he can't he can't turn down the the opportunity to have a an extra nudie mag hanging around or two. There was some I think I think that was my first uh my first introduction to uh the one and only Jenna Jameson, you know, before she was a crazy internet troll who had done very weird things to her face. Like peak peak Jenna Jameson, like that's that's some sexiness right there. Like at, Oh yeah. At her peak. Ooh. Which was
0: or even even yeah, it's just the late years. Of her.
1: Yeah, I mean the last I would I would say once it, it's interesting, once she started to get like sleeve tattoos coincided with like kind of the downturn and like cuz it's not the tattoos weren't the only thing that she was doing to herself. And it's like i i don't understand i don't really understand people not just women because i don't want to make it seem like i'm like dudes are okay to get faith. like i don't understand like don't haven't people paid enough attention that like that work is going to show up and most of the time it looks bad and like it's once you start doing that stuff it seems like you just have to keep doing it
0: yeah, definitely. They're, well, and the thing is, like, even if they did have one surgery that didn't look bad, they get sucked into it to where they're definitely gonna have more, and it's definitely gonna look heavy
1: Yeah. So that's that's always disappointing. But I guess I understand. I mean, there's some people that just want to try and stay looking young forever. I know that you and I, you and I, are so ridiculously good looking that we don't have those concerns. But I I feel for those people that that need to to get that sort of work done.
0: Exactly. Some of us have angel angelous beauty.
1: That's right. Some of us some of us are just what we like to call hashtag glorious.
0: Hashtag glorious indeed.
1: Sir. Oh, so uh, you tried to, you tried to commit suicide this weekend, huh?
0: I did. Uh... As you know, but most of the listeners probably don't, i highly allergic to fish, uh, definitely allergic, actually. Um, and I have to stay away from pretty much all seafood. And I did a pretty good job of that. I haven't had any issues. And until this weekend, I decided to have something that is healthy for you, a nice salad. And I put a nice Greek dressing on it and uh, couldn't figure out why I was having breathing problems and, uh, you know, feeling dizzy and just like death, and uh, discovered that it included some
1: anchovies
0: and Greek dressing. It's a Greek salad like some anchovies.
1: Those goddamn Greeks. Fucking everything up.
0: Yeah, so uh, I I had a couple of choices. Uh, one was... Use the EpiPen, um, which it says: right, if you "Use the EpiPen. You have to immediately go to the emergency room." Um, or I could just try to go to the emergency room. Or option number three, the ones I chose: just take uh, three or four Benadryl and uh, sleep it off.
1: So you went. You went for the sleep it off route that, that doesn't that doesn't seem like the best plan ever
0: no but uh i don't have insurance and uh i'm i'm fairly uh google i'm want to pay the hospital i figured you now i've lived a good 34 years i could probably do <laughs> it but uh either way not, i wasn't paying the hospital for anchovy
1: ouch thanks yeah. thanks obama Thanks Obama indeed. Goodness gracious. Well, the good news is that uh the Trump administration and uh House House and Senate Republicans will be coming out with something better and greater anytime now. So you're going to be totally fine soon and you'll be able to eat all the fish you want and then just go to the hospital. There you go. So I'm counting on it. Let's uh the the Trump the Trump administration uh, and some of the the people that he's elected to have around him just just continue to uh, make uh, interesting choices and uh, say interesting things. Um, of course, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, um, being that he's black, uh, Mr. Trump felt that uh, he would be obviously the clear choice to uh, be the director of Housing and Urban Development. Because, I mean, it's urban, so I mean, why wouldn't you have a a black person uh, run that department, Um, even though Dr. Carson is, you know, a neurosurgeon who probably knows nothing about um, housing infrastructure and and the things that HUD does. So, I mean, it seems just a great choice. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson was speaking to some of his employees today and uh, referred to... uh, The United States is a land of dreams and opportunities and uh, that there was a time when there were other immigrants that came here in the bottom of slave ships and worked even longer and even harder for less. And they too had dreams that their sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters could pursue happiness and prosperity in this land that uh, they were so gently brought over to from... You know their homes. I would imagine their first dreams when they came over in those boats. And, and I'm I'm no I'm no scholar on slavery or uh, African American issues. I'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and say they don't really have an immigrant story in the traditional sense, and that most of them, their first thought wasn't, "Boy, I really hope my sons and daughters get to really enjoy this land of the free and the home of the brave." What the fuck is this guy doing?
0: Yeah, insanity. Well, first of all, I, I don't think the word immigrant were, um, means what Ben Carson means, be, obviously, because uh, tying that to uh, slaves, um, yeah, something's missing there.
1: I think, I think Dr. Carson just thinks that if you come from another country, you're an immigrant.
0: Yeah, that that he's he's taking so. he's
1: he's taking immigrant in the broadest context possible. Right. You're an you're an immigrant in the sense that you once lived somewhere else and now you live in another place.
0: The greatness of the Trump regime.
1: Your uh, your fellow Michiganders continue to uh, struggle as uh, General Motors has a. Uh, announced that they'll be laying off 1100 people at its Lansing Delta Township assembly plant uh laying off about a third of its workforce as they move those jobs to uh Spring Hill Tennessee um am, am I wrong or or did Mr. Trump spend a lot of time in Michigan talking about how they were going to bring jobs back and, and everything was going to be great is is that fake news or am I misremembering or
0: No he definitely he definitely uh, said so um hmm away. But what politician, what mentality you different, they're going away. Whether they're just moving right now, but those jobs that are moving aren't going to be there for very long anyways because of automation. So the fact that his attack plan on making America is to build manufacturing.
1: So Basically what you're saying is that no matter what any politician says, those manufacturing jobs are going away and they're not coming back. And there are people that decided that, no, that of course he's telling us the truth. Why would, why would he say that if it wasn't true and they wanted that hope? Uh, just as many Democrats hung their hat on the hope of Barack Obama, that uh, Republicans uh, hung their hat on the hope that uh, Mr. Trump would magically make these manufacturing jobs return to America.
0: Exactly. I if you look at it, they're they're really different people, obviously, Obama and Trump. They were selling the same thing. They were just selling hope and a lot of it on both accounts, unfortunately, didn't really turn up and hasn't turned up yet for Trump.
1: Yeah. And I I I look at it I certainly see that side of things, but I also look at it from the perspective of I feel like President Obama was promising hope of things that, if some people could work together, might actually be possible, as you know, we've seen evidence of other countries that have different forms of universal health care and single payer and, and those sort of things. whereas if you look at your history, once there's an evolution of technology. You you don't go backwards, you you don't. Once you figure out a way to automate something and make a process quicker and easier, and generally more cost effective, you don't revert back to one guy puts in this bolt and this guy puts in that bolt and then this guy hands it off to another guy who then attaches it. You you, you don't you don't go back to that.
0: Exactly, it just it doesn't make sense it it'll never make sense to move backwards from automation on a productivity standpoint because a human's never going to be faster than a machine at manual tasks like that.
1: We're also seeing that uh they're going to uh, they're going to represent uh, another travel ban. They just they're just going to keep hammering away at these things and I I think honestly that House Republicans are letting president trump do all this wacky shit in the meantime they're doing little sneaky under the radar things that are really going to fuck things up long term like if you look at some of the some of the bills that they're trying to pass right now defunding defunding the department of education defunding planned parenthood eliminating eliminating the epa like all of those things are are pretty important and all we're talking about is hey, that uh, Mr. Trump has uh, decided that without any sort of factual evidence that he's just – he knows that uh, President Trump had bugged Trump Tower before the election. He he doesn't have any proof, but he's just been told this. Well,
0: isn't that the key to Trump? And, and I actually believe that he's probably been told this stuff. It's just he's thrown in himself by crazy people. Well, not even crazy people. I think there are – intentionally manipulating Tim because they know they can employ. And I don't even necessarily think it's um, all Republicans. I think there's Democrats involved with it too. There's power people behind the scenes of both parties that are more aligned with elite values and they're using Trump as a push front to get on um, both sides what they want to get done underhandedly—that's not for the American people.
1: Well, sir, as a as a liberal cuck, I, I can't uh, I can't agree with you that there's any possibility that any Democrat would be doing anything wrong. It's not possible. <laughs> it's it can only no it can only be one, one side or the other. One side is a hundred percent right, and the other side is a hundred percent wrong. That's that's how this works.
0: Just remember, left wing or right wing, they're all. The right.
1: yeah that's right we're we're fucked we're <laughs> fucked either way it it's a big facebook day for me i uh i'm celebrating ten years as a facebooker my my facebook page is is a ten year old
0: wow and Double and much digits. and
1: much like a ten year old it it rarely makes sense it asks very stupid questions has an odd sense of humor and kind of smells
0: so, so, you're way back from the original days when the statuses were your name was the subject, and then you put is doing whatever or is something yep. else.
1: I actually predate nice. that. Oh, I, I I am I have been on Facebook long enough. I, you had to be, you still had to be uh, in college and have a college email address to get on Facebook.
0: Nice. I didn't. See, when, I didn't
1: get on Facebook until I started going to uh, the uh, the Immortal Great uh, College of uh, Radio Broadcasting at Brown. Not Brown. Yeah, U- my, not Brown University, Facebook.
0: but yeah. Hey, it, either Brown. Um, it, it gave you this uh, glorious broadcasting career you have now that's uh, right uh, job
1: I, I, I would like broadcast. I would like to thank Brown College for uh, uh, allowing me to to have my have my jog pod empire
0: there you go it all started in the, the meager, meager halls of Brown
1: that's right God Taupe is so soothing though
0: but see I, I was a late adopter to Facebook I uh, I stuck in there with MySpace I was riding that pony I like There's no way uh, Facebook will take off. MySpace is where it's
1: at. You were you were a ride or die MySpacer.
0: I was for a long time. You were you were on
1: you were on MySpace. I think you were still on MySpace when I got married. I I do
0: believe, actually, I was.
1: Although that's Um, although I mean, I've been married for it'll be nine years this summer. So I mean, I guess that's not really. I I think you were on it well past that. So
0: yeah, been. It would have been a while after
1: that then. And, of course, as I was saying, um, while uh, it's a big day on Facebook for me as my Facebook uh, turns 10, a couple big birthdays. uh, Mr. Keith Wersig and uh, our good friend Chummer, Hanson, Craig, whatever you want to call them. The, uh, both of these gentlemen have a birthday. And, of course, today is March 6th. So, happy birthday to both of those gentlemen. And, uh, it's interesting that two people that I'm, I'm, I'm really very close to share the same birthday, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we uh, we threw the the question up on Facebook about uh, any questions that you have for myself or uh, the one and only Rod Stark. Uh, I, I think my wife felt the need, since you always seem to be the first to post uh, when you're not the guest, as you like to stay involved with the show, as everyone really should be. Um, we encourage you to be involved with the show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at jogpod. Send an email, jogpod at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter or Facebook and uh, be a part of the show. Uh, Nikki asks, Rod, what do you think is the meaning of life? Hmm. I
0: think the meaning of life is to find one, uh, oneness with each other and to kind of unravel the, your own baggage that you have within yourself. And like I've said on the previous podcast when I was uh, a little inebriated, um, I do believe that you live more than one life. So I think it's a, a general process of slowly learning all those lessons that are learned as a, as a human being.
1: I got to say this. If, if we do have multiple lives, and, and I'm going to get to live another one after this, I hope my next life has equal to or more strippers in it than this life has i want i want more beer maybe that's how you
0: pick your next life is you don't really have a cognitive choice yeah but it's whatever your focus is so you're gonna end up coming back as a stripper
1: oh sweet i look forward to that wait so the question is we can come back as pretty much anything do is a do you believe you can, can you can come back as a man or a woman, either one? Yeah, definitely. So I, there's a chance definitely. that I could come back as a as a female stripper.
0: Right. Exactly. I hope I'm a that, good one. It, I hope I'm a good I one. Envisioned. I don't. I don't want to be as a female stripper.
1: I don't want to be like a crackheady, like nasty stripper. I want to be a high class stripper.
0: Maybe it all depends on the lessons you still have to learn. Maybe you need some crackhead lessons.
1: I don't know. I don't want crackhead lessons. I like to have all my teeth. <laughs> I, I know that's a lot. I know that's a lot to ask for. But if I could just keep all my teeth, all my teeth, and all my hair, those are the things that are important to me.
0: There you
1: go. Which which I have. I I guess I should have when I was young and I was asking for the things that I wanted to make sure I keep. I, I, it was my teeth and my hair. I I wish I would have asked for abs. There you go. I would I think I think I would honestly rather be bald than have abs. If I'm being truthful.
0: As long as you have a a smooth head. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have a lumpy head. I would I would not go well bald.
1: Well, I have a lumpy head, but I think that's more because I'm fat. Like if maybe if I was skinnier it wouldn't be as lumpy.
0: There you go.
1: I don't know. These are the these are the things that keep me up at night. The uh, important issues. These are these are the these are the things that really have propelled me to the greatness that I've achieved. Uh Nikki chimes in with a with a second question. What is your favorite memory as a child? Or your favorite childhood oh. memory.
0: Hmm. Let me think here. Uh my favorite memory as a child is I got Teddy Rupskin when I for Christmas when I was five years old. And I was the only one I we lived in Grand Rapids at the time, which for Michigan is a pretty big city. It's like the probably the fourth biggest city I'm guessing. And it's actually the second in the nation for best places to move, but that's beside the point. Anyways, when I was a kid, I got Teddy Rupskin. I was the only one in the neighborhood that had him. And in the evenings, in the summer, we would sit on our front porch and all the kids in the neighborhood would come sit on and watch Teddy Rupp and read us the story.
1: Story so, time. Story time with Teddy Ruxpin at the Stark house. I love it.
0: And I, and I had the grubby that goes, I still have them actually, but I have grubby that goes along with him So yep. they would actually, they would interact with each other. And in the eighties, that was, that was pretty sweet.
1: That was pretty sweet. It's so funny. I just was posting something about Teddy Ruxpin. I said something about a Teddy Ruxpin, and then my sister posted a Teddy Ruxpin on uh, Facebook the other day. A lot of of Teddy Ruxpin in my life. Maybe there's a Teddy Ruxpin lesson that I haven't learned yet because he keeps coming back into my life.
0: There you go, sir. There's always more to learn about. There's always always more.
1: I I never had a Teddy Ruxpin uh, because, obviously, my parents didn't love me enough. But... uh, I'm just joking. I just <laughs> I was just another Teddy kidding. Teddy
0: Rupkin, story real quick. Just um, okay. Yeah, go ahead. One of my first memories of wanting to kill my little brother was he was there's two years between each of us, and I have two younger brothers. So my youngest brother was four years younger than, and when he was one and a half, so about six months after I got Teddy Rupkin, he decided. To take the tapes because they were audio tapes back then, and he just pulled out. I I think he destroyed like four of them. Just pulled out the story tape and destroyed them. And I remember, even though he was a little infant that could, I don't even think he could walk at the time. Maybe barely walk because we half, I guess I'd be walking. Anyways, I I wanted to murder my brother.
1: I and I, I could still I'm remember not gonna, that. I'm here. not gonna lie. I kind of want to murder him right now. That that pisses me yeah. off.
0: Yeah, destroyed them. Just destroyed.
1: How how and, dare and we're he? So
0: happy about it. So happy about it. Uh, still, I I just I just got worked up a little bit remembering <laughs> that. <laughs> I
1: I got I got that little stress knot in my stomach. I'm just I I, I want to punch something right now. But uh, as I was saying, I I did not have a teddy Ruxpin. Uh, my cousin Andrew did, so that was a pretty cool thing. When you get to, when I go get to visit my cousin Andrew, he had the Teddy Ruxpin, so the, that that was fun. I was into uh, I was into Masters of the Universe and collecting my He Man and and uh, and those sorts of things. So I don't I never got on the uh, I never got a Teddy Ruxpin because I, I think I may have been. What year did Teddy Ruxpin come out? Let's let's hit the Google machine and find out. Teddy Ruxpin. Looks like 85 86. Uh, so I was 6 when that came out? Oh. Really? I thought it was I thought it was later than that. Anyway. Yeah, so I, I was I was busy uh with my He-Man toys. So I didn't have a Teddy Ruxton. I I think maybe I'm a little bit bitter about it. Thank you back. Maybe that's maybe that's where all of these uh traumas started for me.
0: There you go, pent up aggression over Teddy Ruxpin.
1: Look at this birthday birthday boy, Keith Wierzyk jumps in with uh, not so much a comment, or not so much a question as a comment. Stark and Jones sounds like a law firm, not a radio duo. Fuck you very much. Uh, <laughs> please please pontificate. I I'm pretty sure that's basically what I do every time I turn on the microphone is pontificate. He didn't give me anything in particular that he would like me to pontificate about.
0: Just about the future law firm.
1: Uh, the future law firm. If we were, yeah, there. You if we were a law firm, well, first of all, my first act if I was a law, lo- if I if I was running a law firm, my first act would be to uh, hire Heather Balgard, who was uh, on the podcast, and isn't she just the best?
0: I was. She was a stellar guest.
1: A fabulous guest, smart, funny, insightful. I'm uh, very much looking forward to an opportunity to uh podcast with her again. And uh very I'm not I, I'm I, I don't want to push as a competition, but uh her numbers were were a little bit better than her husband Dana. So um oh. you know, a little you know, husband I mean granted her husband is on a radio show that's listened to by I don't know, a couple hundred thousand people every day, so you know. My humble podcast numbers don't rank up with a uh, with a morning drive time show on the uh, Twin Cities radio, but you know, what can I say it's just my humble little podcast? Uh, but that would be my first my first act would be to hire Heather uh, to uh, I would probably actually put her in. If I was put in charge, my first act would be to then put Heather in charge, so that you know, there you go. since she's an actual lawyer, I think having an actual lawyer in charge would be helpful.
0: I, I think the the understanding would be that we would both be lawyers as well. I, I if you just open a law firm, you're automatically a lawyer, right? We'll have to ask Heather. I don't. I, I think if you just say you are, you're a lawyer, right? Oh, is, is that, that how, how that works, works
1: now? Oh, I didn't know I, that.
0: I mean, I, you don't have to have qualifications anymore. Um, since you,
1: you just you just decide that that's what you are, and that's what you are. Right. Well then, I'd, I would like to tell my bank that I'm a billionaire. I've decided, there you go. so um, I'm going to need you to put that money in my account. And um, thank you. I'm a billionaire. I'm now a billionaire lawyer with a podcast that's listened to by a million people.
0: Hey, you said so. These
1: are these are not these are not uh, <laughs> these, this is not fake news, but alternative facts. Alternative back, alternative billionaires. That's right. That's what we do. We, um, so it'd be interesting if, if by, if by some uh, stretch of the imagination we were lawyers, what kind of a lawyer would you, what kind of law would you like to practice? Would you want to be like a criminal defense attorney, a civil rights lawyer? Um, what kind of law would you think that you would, would want to pursue?
0: I think criminal defense.
1: That's what I wanted to do when hat. I was a kid because I thought I would, you know, get to stand up and make grandiose closing arguments that would swing a jury into finding my client not guilty.
0: Right. Throw your papers away and tell them you're going to speak from the heart.
1: I had, mm-hmm. I had this great close with all kinds of lawyers speak that I was going to woo you with. And I'm going to put that aside because I know that you are real people. And I see it in your hearts. And I see it in your eyes that you know that my client could not have possibly done these things that the prosecution is saying. My, I'm, a, I'm the son of a plumber. I'm the son of a plumber, daddy. Alright, well, that went <laughs> over. That went over like a fart in church.
0: <laughs> the dream.
1: Oh, God. Let I me mean, I mean open up another beer because uh, I just bombed and now I need another drink. What's... um. It's got to be something happy going on. What, what's some happy? What's a happy thing that we can talk about? Uh, Nikki would like to know what you want to be when you grow up, or <laughs> when you grow up. That's funny.
0: Oh, are you there? I'm here. You hear me?
1: Yep. Nikki wants to know what you want to be when you grow up.
0: When I grow up, a revolutionary.
1: A revolutionary, huh?
0: There you go. No need for money in the revolution.
1: That uh, that that's not the happy tone that I was hoping that we would end on. <laughs> let's uh, uh
0: let's something positive. Oh, I started a new diet.
1: You started a new diet, huh?
0: I did. I'm I'm going with a few different things I've heard on different podcasts along with uh, giving up any processed sugar, and I'm going to see how it goes. I'm on my – what day is it today? The, the, is it the fifth? I started uh, on the first either way.
1: It's the sixth.
0: The sixth. See, the lack of sugar is killing my brain.
1: That's an un- that's understandable.
0: <laughs> Gave up all processed sugar, and then uh, I'm coming to a nine-hour eating window, so I'm at 9 hours. And it you've, uses you've been listening. You've rhythm. been
1: listening to a lot of Joe Rogan, sir. I
0: have. Well, actually, I listened to Joe Rogan, and then I listened to a offshoot on uh, somebody else's podcast that reaffirmed that.
1: Yeah. So you're gonna go. You're gonna like, try to no go keto ketogenic. There you go. Yep. I uh, I will say I I have made a purchase at onit.com the other day. Hey. I'm, I'm gonna try. Uh, I'm gonna try new mood
0: new mood
1: given the uh given the times that we live in i could use a little help uh going to sleep uh with a little less stress and waking up feeling refreshed so i thought i would give it a try all right everybody well rod's phone is having trouble staying with us i think that's a good sign for us to wrap this shit up uh stay tuned here in a little bit uh we'll have donnie Hernison talking about the Wolverines and the uh, two A state basketball championship as the mighty mighty M. Wolverines win their state championship. So we'll talk about that here in just a couple minutes. So stay tuned for that. Rod, any final words uh, if you can squeeze them out before your phone dies?
0: Um, thanks to you, I'm going to be starting my own podcast, um, hopefully with better uh, recording reception.
1: Yeah, when uh, once once you get that going, we'll we'll do a Skype to Skype. Uh, podcast which uh, would go. be a market improvement that
0: should be, that should be nothing but trouble but um, yeah I'm looking forward to um, getting that rolling here
1: alright buddy well we look forward to that thank you for joining us on the show and uh, once once you get your podcast up and rolling come back on we'll talk about that we'll promote it a little bit and uh, see if we can't get you I, I maybe get you one or two of my listeners and uh, get you, you on over there alright buddy you have a good one. More importantly, he knew what he was talking about. As promised, we're back with a uh, special guest returning to Just Another White Guy's podcast with a live report from his trip to, what it, what do they call it, the Roundup City? Is that what I heard uh, him call it?
2: Uh. Uh well, it's where the Pendleton Roundup is, i never you know I think, I'm not sure I've heard it.
1: I think the dude on the the broadcast referred to it as the Roundup City of Pendleton. Uh, Donnie and he Her- probably wasn't
2: wasn't from Pendleton. No, you know, I don't sir. think so.
1: Donnie <laughs> Hernison's back on the job pod. Welcome back, sir.
2: Thanks. It's good to be back. I, I was uh, missing it. You know that first day we had a pretty good time.
1: We did. We did have a good time. We've, we have we've had a really good 15 minutes of stuff that we probably shouldn't put on the air and that I didn't record, <laughs> which is you know it's always better to. Remain Thankfully. innocent. Yeah, and, uh, we uh, we have we have some exciting stuff to talk about. But before we do that, we'll we'll let the the people uh, anticipate what we're going to talk about. Uh, fill everybody in on uh, when we talked. You were getting ready to uh, get into league for girls basketball, and uh, did you guys uh, win a league
2: game? Uh, no, we did not. No. Uh. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we uh ended up exactly where we were last year at the bottom of the league. Um we actually that very first game, um we we had Pendleton, uh and, you know, and uh, timely here. Uh but we were uh had Pendleton at home. We were we were up by three with a minute to go and we lost by three. But,
1: oh no. Yeah.
2: So we young and inexperienced and in that uh we uh we had some uh crucial turnovers uh and we would turn the ball over and, and give up an and add one. Yeah, they they beat us up in the post. But so we lost by three. Um we uh played we we matched up with Pendleton really well. Pendleton actually won the league. Okay. Um and so I was really happy with the way we played played against them. Um against the Dallas and Hermiston. We didn't match up nearly as well with them. Um and uh the games weren't nearly as close. But uh we played Pendleton two more times one more game, they beat us handily. And in the last game of the season, we were tied at halftime. They ended up winning by like seven, I think. Um, so we, we played them tough, and to, to play the league leaders tough, I thought was pretty good. Um, we actually, uh, for them to be the league, to, like I said, to, to, to be that close with the league leaders, uh, I, I thought it really showed some of our, our progress, um, where we didn't have that as much progress uh, against the other teams. But, so, for example, like. Uh, Pendleton beat Hood River by about 50. I think the three meetings they won by 50, 40 and 30 points last year. Uh-huh. So, it, it was progress this year. And that it's, was what we were looking for.
1: It's something you can you can point to as the foundation for something to build on for next year.
2: I sure as hell hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, you guys your guys' season was pretty ravaged by the crappy weather that you guys had. I you guys what played like back-to-back games to end the season and everyone else was like done with league tournaments and you guys are still playing league regu- regular season games?
2: Correct, yeah. That last one, uh, we were just trying to get the games in before – because we had to get them in so, to, before playoffs started. Um, and so, yeah, our last trip, um, we were back-to-back at Pendleton and then the next night at Hermiston, um, which if we do that separately, uh, it's a three-hour three, and a, three hour drive to Pendleton and two-and-a-half hours to Hermiston, uh, you know, both ways. Right. And so – yeah. Luckily uh our A D put some stuff together for us and we were able to stay the night uh instead of driving back and forth. But on the other hand, there wasn't a whole lot to do in Pendleton during the day. Uh so it was a lot of killing time, a lot of hanging out in the hotel. Right. I'm not sure it really helped us,
1: you know. No. But, and we've you know. we've we've had some experience and, and we'll transition into go ahead and, and talk about the the big news and, and the reason why we're talking is of course the Sandy Wolverines, the two A state champions in boys basketball which now I I didn't have the podcast when when the girls uh, had their big run and state champions, and so mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm not taking anything away from them by saying hey it's been 20 years since the boys did something and we're going to finally talk about it, but here we are, and you and I have the unique experience of having been a part of the last team <laughs> to even be in the playoffs for Sandium High School, and for them to. To get to this point and and be state championship state champions is is pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, I I, I hate to uh, to date us, you know, and you dude, know, dude, we're when, old. It's
1: just embrace
2: yeah, it. I know when you when you look at it and say, wow, you know, nineteen years, twenty years, you know, it's just like ah, oh, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but you know, it, it was. So you know, so I'm glad to uh, I, I'm glad I was able to actually be there too and, and watch them make this run at the end too
1: now we have the we have the experience of of being on the bench during those games and and seeing the games from that perspective what was it what was the atmosphere like if you can kind of remember from being there twenty years ago to to being there this weekend
2: uh I, it was definitely different um you know i i think and plus like i said yeah it was twenty years ago, so you know you, you're when you're on the bench you're very in tune with the game and and probably blocking out more of the crowd or at least you should be. Blocking out more of the crowd and what was going on. Um, the uh, Josh Childress and I were talking about this actually. That the the gym seems it felt bigger when we were down on the court, right? Uh, than than it did from up in the stands. And we were kind of in the um at the the back or at the top of the the lower bowl, and it, it didn't seem as big. But I think really that's just a, a matter of perspective from. From where you're sitting at, sure. and because I mean, when I remember
1: the first time that we walked in there, and I was like, "Wow, this is where we're playing! <laughs> like, this is awesome!" and and really, I is it really that much bigger than the Sandy Am Gym? Uh, it's
2: it's it's fairly... I mean, it has. I
1: mean, it has more. Well, yeah, i I guess it is. It's more open. I don't know. It just seems. It's, and it's and it bigger, has the yeah. and it has the other side where there's it's it goes up two levels on both sides. Correct. But I guess. I don't know. It just it seemed like a really big place and then I see pictures of it and I was like, eh, it doesn't maybe it wasn't that impressive.
2: Yeah. Going back there, I said after twenty years, it, it wasn't nearly as big as I remembered. Um and so it's, it it's not like you know, for what it is in Pendleton, it's great, you know. Um and actually being smaller, it does I think provide uh, a little bit more um intimate basketball kind of thing. For sure. But, you know one problem I was just talking about this with my ID today in that really the venue is not big enough there could have had a whole lot more people there um, they every two games they kick everybody out right uh, and and bring in a whole new crowd and if they didn't there just wouldn't be anywhere to sit it was hard enough to find a place to sit with the four teams with uh, the Western Mennonite Monroe Saniam and uh, Stanfield crowd it, it, it was jammed you know and so if you add in anybody else that's a holdover that just wants to stay there's no room. Yeah. At
1: all, and, so. and it's it's limited now. Most of the other classes have moved because when 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 we were there, didn't they have more than just the two A
2: there? No, it was just two A. One A is always out in Baker. Okay. Um,
1: and then because really, I, really, when you want to find a, a place even more remote than Pendleton, you go to <laughs> Baker because well, who know, doesn't no, want to drive? That... <laughs>
2: Now that I'm older, I know the politics of it, um, you know, okay. and uh, it's really the with the OSAA just trying to throw a bone to the east side. Gotcha. You know, give those schools something. Um, you know, they can kind of hold on to. It. And like I said, Pendleton does a good job. Uh, I think they do a great job. And I think it provides a, is a pretty good atmosphere uh, for the two a tournament. Um, I've never been to the one a tournament. Uh, you know, six a uh, is now at Matt Court uh, at U of O. Uh, nice. and then 5A is playing at OSU at Gill Coliseum. Um, and in some years it's been at the child center. Uh, and so they kind of moved some of them around. Um, but, uh, it's, I, I think if you get too big of an atmosphere, like I was at, uh, the, well, it used to be the 4A it would be the 6A now, um, when it was at, uh, Mac court at U of O mm-hmm. and that was a pretty good atmosphere, but it was still really, it, it was a much bigger stadium or arena than you needed. Right. You know and so I think it the like I said the convention Center in Pendleton it, it provides a really cool atmosphere because it was it was loud it was crowded it was super hot I mean if you were up in the stands you were sweating you know uh, and, and everybody's jumping up and down and you know and so it was it was pretty cool I enjoyed it a whole lot
1: that's and that's definitely something that they they would want to be careful of if they did look at either another venue or, or something like that because if you move that out of the risk that you have is if you get a building that is way too many seats and you can't fill it up, then you lose mm-hmm. Then you get that you get a situation like uh, you'll see if you watch like the Pac-12 conference tournament this weekend, where those early games are going to be played in front of you know three thousand people in a maybe. twelve thousand <laughs> in a twelve thousand seat arena or whatever they're yep. right whatever they're doing at Cause I think they moved did they move it over to the T the new T Mobile Arena I think maybe yeah. In Las Vegas, it's in yeah. Las Vegas this year, right? I'm not
2: sure. Yeah, it's in Vegas for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you, that you you definitely don't want to take away from from that really cool atmosphere, and and I remember how great the atmosphere was 20 years ago. So to to have a chance to go back there, now there were uh, a lot of folks uh, there from our time. Um, I know it looked to be some older folks, even, and then uh, some of the new generation of of Canyon Canyon folk and it's really great that, that so many people made the trip over there because if for people that don't know, Mill City to Pendleton is not a short drive.
2: It's about six hours. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, and so for everyone yeah. to, to... And I've I've had the, the misfortune of having to do that on a bus, <laughs> a little yellow bus, or a big yellow bus, yeah. I should say. All right, big be, one, yeah. Because uh, when we went over... F- now, this wasn't for basketball, but when we went over to Weston McEwen mm-hmm. to play football our freshman year
2: were you on that trip no 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 not a football guy no. well i
1: know you weren't a football guy i yeah. wasn't on the team either but yeah. i went oh. over like on the spirit bus or whatever oh the
2: the the Reuter bus oh <laughs> my
1: god yeah no i did, i did not go to that game i i made the mistake of uh of I think wait, I told this story last time. I wore yeah. I wore shorts to that game. That was stupid. Right. But anyway, to to get over to Pendleton is, is not an easy trip, and and for everyone to take the time and to get over there, that's pretty great. Now you had the benefit of Hood River to Pendleton is what three
2: hours? Not even. Oh, not in even? my car, in my car, I can get there in about two and a half. Oh, in a little your less, car, little, uh, yeah, a little less than yeah. With
1: that <laughs> lame fifty-five yeah. mile an hour speed limit. It,
2: er, well, yeah, they've actually increased it now, and so uh, I think. Um, because they, they they just changed the laws lately so it's like rural areas in Oregon they've started making 70 oh okay so yeah but you know everybody's driving 75 anyway
1: that pain so. the pain that you feel when you are coming from Idaho to Oregon and you have to <laughs> change the, like it literally feels like you're at walking at the border
2: yeah it feels it, it, it
1: feels like you start walking
2: and it's not even that big of a change you know you're no. talking about 65 to 75 yeah. you know it's not that far but there's like when you when they allow you to go 75 then everybody's going above and beyond that, you know. <laughs> so let's talk so. about
1: the game a little bit. The uh, now I listened to the first two games on the uh, that OSAA website. They had uh, you could listen to the games for free. Now they didn't trail in either of those games, and they won pretty handily in both of them. So it was it was interesting to see how they were able to main they they managed. Um, being down in that game pretty much all the way until the fourth quarter, they up they were up early in the first, but after that they were kind of just staying even or a few points behind. Was there anything that that you noticed in in the game that at any point did you did you worry that it was going to start to slip away?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I think uh, well, especially uh, that uh, late third quarter where it was you know I think it got to like seven points or something like that, yeah. and it wasn't. It wasn't unmanageable, but outside of uh, the Downey brothers, there was not a whole lot happening, you know. Uh, and so it was like if they couldn't manage to score, the, everybody else was was pretty broke. Uh, well, I so, was
1: I was live I was live blogging the game on Facebook for people that weren't listening or couldn't watch, and mm-hmm. they Saniam e. went the last three minutes and thirty seconds of the third quarter without scoring.
2: Yeah, and and to their credit, the game didn't get away from them. No, you know, that's the good that, thing. So, that was the
1: most. Yeah. That was the most impressive part. Is and it also was beneficial to them that that uh, Stanfield was not making shots, and some yeah. of their some of Stanfield's shot selection really kept them from being able to extend that lead. And maybe if they had some some better shot selection, they may have been able to put that game out of reach.
2: I definitely think so, yeah. And Sandy Am did a, a pretty good job uh, on the boards, you know, keeping those guys off. Um, I, from from up where we were sitting, and I didn't get a chance to look at a roster. Um, Stanfield definitely looked bigger. They had their two big guys, um, who I, I think I heard they might have been like six three or six four, so not very big, but they, from up above they looked bigger. And re- I thought Sandy Am did a good job of of, of keeping those guys uh, playing physical down in the paint. Uh, I think. One thing we saw was the – I think it's kind of a trend now, but uh, bigger guys, their post players, didn't really want to go down and bang down the paint. Uh, And so and they weren't – offensively especially, they were not trying to post up. uh, But defensively, I thought our big guys played bigger than they actually are. Uh, And so that was really cool to see them go down and and be physical, um, body up, get rebounds. Sandy M did a really good job of of being in in the right position uh, for a lot of those uh, missed buckets that Stanfield was really just dropping right in our lap almost.
1: And and what was interesting, and and the gentleman that that was doing the the broadcast pointed this out several times, Stanfield was shooting threes from the NBA line. Now, now the court that that they've laid down at the Pendleton Convention Center – is the basketball court that used to belong to the Phoenix Suns in the Charles Barkley era, <laughs> and it still has it has the it has the high school three point line, which is right around the top of the key, um, or right around the top of the circle, yeah. and then it has the NBA three point line, which is what is it another three and a half feet? About,
2: yeah, I'd say that. Mm-hmm.
1: so they. I don't think they took a three from inside the NBA line. So I don't know if it was a, they, well, they they're a so used, yeah, well, that one kid, <laughs> that one little shithead on their team. he was a dirty little guy, <laughs> and I agree. He, he threw up, he banked in two <laughs> three-pointers, and then somehow there was a scrum that he was right in the middle of, somehow kicks, like, pulls away at it, is talking trash the whole time, and didn't get teed up. I didn't
2: understand that at all. they yeah, well, it, well, they tried to, and then they call, teed up another kid. Well, they fouled. They called the foul on Julian, uh, right. who was in, the, who got mixed up in that, and because uh, that the little guy from Stanfield, from from my angle, and I, I didn't have the benefit of replay. I don't know that you did either. No, they uh, never
1: showed any sort of replays during the broadcast. Okay,
2: right. so it looked like he went in for the rebound and really just tackled Julian Downey. And then Julian started to get up, and the guy pushed him down again. Right. And then the ref called Julian for the foul, who was laying on the ground. Basically, he's like, "What?" And then as all that is getting sorted out, Stanfield's star player, who was I should be, who has a really good chance of being the two-way player of the year, he's walking away, and he lips off at the ref, and he gets teed up. You know. And so it was right. just a, a crazy mix of all this stuff that was happening. You know? So yeah. let's
1: let let's talk about the fourth quarter, because after Saniam goes and scores no points in the last three minutes and thirty seconds of the third quarter, they're down. I want to say they're down seven. Yeah, and Julian yeah, Downey come yeah. Julian Downey comes out, hits a three right at the right at the start of the period, and that really seemed to get everybody like, hey, we're still in this. Let's let's keep yeah. going. Because it was
2: only four points, it was not
1: much. Right, exactly. And then talking about four points, they trade baskets, and then Julian Downey comes down, stops, pulls up at the top of the three-point line, and for some reason, Stanfield (laughs) player steps into him, fouls him as he's shooting, and he makes a three-pointer and one. It it was it was it seemed loud on the broadcast what what was the what was the atmosphere like in the room when he makes that shot
2: that was the because that I think put him ahead by three when he made that bucket uh, or when he made the foul shot so I think they were at 5350 uh, and there was I think less than two minutes to go at that point and so it was like oh wow you know huge momentum shift the, the I think from the crowd point of view um, and there was a few of us right together who had played basketball before and it was like oh Okay, do you stall now or do you keep trying to be aggressive? And even amongst the three or four of us that were sitting there, uh, it was we were split. You know, like no, they can do it; they can stall. No, they got to be aggressive. And it was like not knowing what to do. So you, I, I'd say at that point, the nerves for the crowd took over. The boys played great, you know, but the nerves in the crowd—we were on edge.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, and I'm I'm trying to go back and look because I posted so much of this stuff. So he hit that three pointer with. Two twenty left in the game. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, it was when he hit it, they were down one. So with the and one and the three, they went up. up they went three, up right? three. Yeah. And so. what was interesting, and and I, I'll say again, a great credit to the the gentleman that was calling the game. He talked about it earlier that it was interesting that Stanfield only had three team fouls. So when in it got second, yeah. yeah in in and going in later in that fourth quarter so M is trying to just spread the ball and and run the clock and they had to just start taking fouls because that was the only way they were going to get the ball back but right. because they weren't in the bonus they kept, all it was doing was keep giving M an inbound so I think by the time they started fouling I think they ended up getting about another 15 or 20 seconds off of the clock just by the simple fact that they weren't in the bonus and they weren't getting to the one-on-one situation where they could then have an opportunity to get the ball back. Now, the one thing I didn't really like about that strategy is that you're not giving your, yourself an opportunity to build any momentum. And if Stanfield somehow is able to get the ball back, if you miss that one and one and they go down and score – you you then have to get back in the mindset of okay now we have to attack and I think it's hard it can be hard for especially younger players to switch that mindset to go from we're gonna stall to the now we got to get back in try and score points so that would have totally made great. me nervous to have gone into the stall at that point
2: yeah I know you know but I'll tell you one thing and you you, you might have been able see it from stream or not when you have the Downy boys I can't stress it enough uh really how heroic. Of a game they played. Oh, it was uh,
1: unbelievable!
2: Just, yeah, because really between those those two, you know, you, you had those two real heroes on the team, but the other guys did a great job too, uh, yeah. just playing within themselves. Um, there's really only one or two moments uh, in the in the second half where it was like, ah, you know, we were really questioning, you know, why did you do that kind of stuff? Um, I think Riley Nico took a three. Uh when they were up by three, he didn't need to. There's a minute and a half left and he took a three and was like, No, don't do that. When they were clearly trying to stall already. Yeah, and, but absolutely. otherwise, like I said, the guys did a great job of, of really playing smart and playing within themselves, um, and and not trying to do too much. And and honestly, getting the ball to their playmakers. There's there's no question about Julian and Jonah Downey uh and and how and them taking over the game and that those were the guys that were gonna get the ball. Uh and so getting the other guys did a good job of getting the ball. You know, still moving around, still taking the pressure off of them, but giving the ball back. You know, and then eventually putting Julian and Jonah on the line uh, in crunch time.
1: And it, it was pretty impressive because I mean, Saniam scored fifty three points in the game. <laughs> Only three of those points were scored by someone other than Julian or Jonah Downey. So that's yeah. that's an incredible, <laughs> and that's it, it's a testament to to the team to recognize that. And it wasn't that they were taking all the shots. There were other shots, and there were other opportunities for some of the other guys, and they weren't making their shots. Um, I'll tell you what.
2: At the, at the game, like I had no idea that they had taken over like that. It wasn't until I saw the stats when I got home that night that I was like, holy cow, you know what? I, mean, I, I couldn't even believe it that Julian had scored 33 and Jonah 21, yeah. and and no, uh, I think Austin Fawcett was the only guy that scored, I think. And so it was like there, it, you just didn't know. You know it didn't seem um, – I would contrast that uh, you, you didn't get to see the game right before that, the Western Mennonite girls' championship game um, versus Monroe. And Western Mennonite only had one player, uh, and she was taking shots one on four, one on three, and she was she put up 35 points the night before. That game, you could tell, oh, hey, you need to pass the ball. The Sandy M game, you had no idea. The ball was moving. I mean, everybody was involved. It was just that those guys were hitting shots. That's it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And what, what was interesting is that uh, there was – the star player for Stanfield, and I'm not sure what his name was, um, but he didn't actually score a field goal until the fourth quarter.
2: He yeah, had, he, hit he had free throws all night. Yeah, though, right? yeah, he had.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think he had. I think he had three points going into the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, I believe that there. Every time uh, he was on the free throw line in the, the uh, whatever until the fourth, uh, the Stanfield crowd kept shouting, uh, chanting MVP, right. MVP, and I was like. You know, all he's doing is hitting free throws. He hasn't done anything else. Right. The uh the yeah. announcer
1: actually says something about that. He goes, Well, he's okay. actually not. He wasn't even the conference player of the year. Oh, just wow. like kind of just like <laughs> throwing a little uh, as the kids say, throwing a little shade their way.
2: Yeah, who was our conference player of the year? Must have been a kid from Embler. I wonder. Um Yeah, it. I think uh, so. Yeah, no, he um he was good. You know, he was legit he was a really athletic guy. Um but He didn't, I'll tell you what, he definitely didn't do enough that night. He actually, actually watching him, it reminded me of Brad Larson. He, I would say he might be more athletic than Brad, but I think Brad was a better basketball player.
1: Well, I'll tell you that. I never saw, (laughs) I never saw that kid, uh, I never saw that kid dunk at Corbett, so yeah fair
2: enough (laughs) do you do you you remember do you remember that night i do i do yeah yeah that was that
1: was one of the that was one of the funnest things ever to see because you know he's you know we're just a bunch of white kids and i mean well and kevin and kevin right but (laughs) but like not and kevin couldn't jump out of the building by any stretch of the imagination anyway yeah so Especially he felt that I was uh, restricting his ability to jump because I wouldn't give him the extra large shorts, <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah, that yeah. i'll still remember I'll always remember that night when when Brad took that fast break and dunked it. I think we all lost our minds a little bit oh yeah for sure yeah we're like moments, someone yeah. someone just dunked and then we played mm-hmm. Portland, and then uh, the the after the uh, would have been the year before when the Portland Adventures is just dunking all over
2: us, so yeah, those are bad memories yeah. uh, what so, are you gonna do but- when, no, you're, guys, when you're playing, when you're playing, when, when you're playing two,
1: when you're playing two kids that have the uh, athletic ability to maybe play D one, D one ball, and like our best guys could play N A I A, it's just it's gonna be that way.
2: I agree. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the way it goes. So. And
1: they could they could recruit, and I'm sure I'm not saying there's any shady dealings going on, but you
2: know, let's say they were only there for a year. Let's that's right. I, yeah. <laughs> when's
1: the last time you heard of Does Portland Adventist even exist anymore?
2: Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's still it's still around. Um, it's not nearly the um, what they were that one year. They've had another year or two where they've been good, um, but you know, there's always that private versus public debate. So terrible. Yeah, but what no, the uh, like lots of credits to the San Diego boys. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, the atmosphere was awesome. Uh, you know, the, the the crowd from Mill City uh, traveled very well. Um, you know, just for me, it was awesome to. To be there and see a lot of old friends. Um, I was really impressed, actually, with how many people from that, uh, you know, '95 to '98, '99 uh, you know, grad years had gone over. Um, so a whole lot of people, uh, and so it was a lot of fun. I believe they they took over the Red Lion Hotel completely. I believe.
1: Nice. Yeah. I would imagine there. I would imagine there would have been some fun stories to come out of that night
2: uh I from the ones that I even that I heard from the night before cuz some of them had been there for 2 or 3 days at that right. point. Uh, and so they that they had a pretty good time, let's say it that way. They they did Pendleton upright.
1: <laughs> I I only wish I could have been there and had my uh microphone along with me just to capture some of that uh interesting interesting it was, uh interesting
2: color. I said it was good times. Yeah, and, and, and beyond those guys even too, just the uh you know, the crowd you know, you could have walked around there and talked to people for for two and a half hours. I think I saw more people there at, at that game than show up for the alumni tournament now. You know, and so which is a lot more local. But so this was a, a big thing. Uh, like I said, and it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's you know, I, d- I hope it's not forty years before they win the next one.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's let's we'll make a deal. If they if if they make it uh, in twenty years from now, we'll all show up.
2: There you go. Yeah, you got a longer trip than me. <laughs> a, a, a little bit.
1: Maybe in, yeah. maybe in 20 years I won't uh, live in Texas anymore. Yeah. Maybe I'll live you, you, a
2: little bit closer. You might migrate back by then. One, yeah. of, Who knows? one,
1: one of these days.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all right, sir. Well, I
1: appreciate you taking the time and uh, giving us an opportunity to get a live perspective of, you know, we all, we all I think anyone that has gone to San YM holds that place it's. I still hold San Yam in a pretty special place in my heart. I mean, we all grew up there and we lived there for so long and it was so awesome. It's great to see we, we get a lot of bad stuff that comes out and, and there's been a lot of downturn and you know, not a lot of positivity coming out of the Canyon. So it's nice for them to have something they can point to and be like, Hey, you know, we're still here. We can, we can still have some good things happen for us. So it was good to see you. Sure. Great, great to talk to you. I'm glad uh, you could make it on. and uh, We'll, have a, we'll do another podcast where we bash Donald Trump some more in the near future.
2: <laughs> I can't wait for that one. All right, man. Have a good right, night. Right. Thank you. Take care. You too. See ya.
1: <laughs> well, kids, that is going to wrap up another episode of Just Another White Guy's podcast. A special thanks to my guests, Rod Stark and Donnie Hernerson, for coming on the show. Uh, without my guests, my show just wouldn't be. As much fun as it is. I'm really enjoying bringing you guys uh, these podcasts every week. We're going to keep them rolling here. Uh, in the next couple weeks, I'm going to be hitting the road uh, going on up to Oklahoma. So we'll have some on-the-road episodes. And coming up this weekend, we are going to have another episode of the Cocktail Hour with a very special guest in town from Bartlesville, the one and only, the great Nate Almond. So you have that to look forward to so much more thank you for supporting the show i really appreciate it you can follow us at jogpod send questions emails uh anything you want to jogpod at gmail.com i really appreciate it that's it for the show i'm dustin jones always protect the five hole.
0: it's just me against the world